Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining the Health Conscious Podcast. For today's episode, we have four first-year MHA students in Cornell's Sloan Program in Health Administration. You'll get a chance to hear their perspectives on choosing the right program, their decision-making process for internships, and how they leverage their network while in school. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. As Juan mentioned, we're joined by several panelists today. And before we start with questions, would you all mind just going ahead and briefly introducing yourselves? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Hood Sam. I graduated from Eastern Nazarene College uh, back in 2012. And this year I'll be interning at Cleveland Clinic with the surgical operations team. Thanks for having me, Jefferson and Juan. My name is Cedric Antonio. I'm originally from Wisconsin. I did my undergrad in healthcare administration at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee before coming directly to Sloan after graduating. And this summer, I'm really excited to be in New York City as a healthcare consulting summer associate at Deloitte. Hey everyone, thank you for having me. My name is Brianna Williams. I go by Bree. I did my undergrad at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, earning an undergraduate degree in biology with a minor in chemistry. Um, this summer, I will be interning at Cleveland Clinic with the Toxic Cancer Center, um, and I'm really, really excited to get started. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. My name's Rhea. I'm originally from Michigan, and I'm a BSMHA student. So I did my undergrad in policy analysis and management with a minor in health equity from Cornell. So this is my senior year of my undergrad, but I did start Sloan this year and will continue next year with my cohort. Um, I'll be interning this summer in Detroit with McKinsey. Hi everybody, uh, thank you for having me. My name is Mara Lee and I am also from Southeastern Detroit. Um, I did my undergrad at the University of Notre Dame where I majored in science business and I minored in both theology and compassionate care and medicine. Um, and this summer, I'm very excited. I'm gonna be a, an executive intern um, for the C-suite at Centura. Well, again, thank you all for joining the pod. Just based off of your introductions, you obviously have a lot of diverse experiences to date that are gonna be really value additive to our listeners. So Hood and Rhea, I'll start with you. From the perspective of someone who's kind of considering going back to grad school, how did you go about determining the right time for you to begin your MHA? And also, what were maybe two to three qualities you looked for in deciding what program was right for you? I'll start things off. And um, my journey is, is certainly a little bit different than um, a few of my colleagues here. So for me and for probably some of your listeners right now, um, you may be thinking, you know, it's been a while since I've been in school. How do I, you know, go about doing this, making this pivot into my career, into school again? And uh, for me personally, I haven't been in school since 2012. And so finding the right time to go to school was extremely difficult. Um, I served in the last six years active duty as a Navy corpsman. And so that's really where I got my um, patient care experience and clinical management experience. And for me, I wanted to move towards a master's program and um, use that GI Bill benefit to, to really pursue a different aspect of healthcare um, from patient care um, and then moving towards more healthcare administration. So for me, um, finding that right time for the MHA um, was really at the end of my naval career. Um, and with regard to really the two or three qualities I was looking for to decide the program, um, 
one of it was being close to my family, uh, originally from Massachusetts. And so being within driving distance uh, from the Boston area, that was um, a big value for me that I looked for. And then the second was really the opportunity to network and to connect with people from all aspects of healthcare in this industry. So not just necessarily healthcare delivery and hospital systems, but um, from the payer side, from consulting. And so I think um, what offered what was offered through Cornell Sloan was really enticing for that reason too. I can follow up with that. So I have more of the straight from undergrad route. Um, actually, before I graduated undergrad, um, I just realized as my undergrad career was closing out that I wanted more of that education with the intersection of healthcare and business, whether that be from a public or population or global health standpoint. And I just couldn't imagine myself going into the workforce full time, doing what I want to do without learning more about it and having more of that educational experience. So that's when I realized that picking an MHA program specifically would be a good idea. Um, a few important qualities that I looked for when picking a program, one of them was being close knit and having high interaction between the students with themselves and with the faculty. Uh, because I realized and I had heard that in graduate school and in the world, a lot of learning and connections develop with your cohort. So I really just wanted a place that was welcoming and supportive and ambitious and people who would get along. Um, I also really valued being able to take a lot of interdepartmental classes within Cornell and have a diverse learning experience because something that I really believe in is the interdisciplinary nature of healthcare. So being able to take classes in the business school, with the hotel school, um, with uh, the ILR school, that was all um, really attractive to me. Yeah, those are great answers, guys. It was interesting for me to hear how even though you have differences in terms of the level of professional experiences you have, you are both looking for a common theme in grad program. That's the opportunity to kind of network and develop relationships because as I'm sure you both have experienced and as you're starting to realize now, health administration is very much a relationship-driven business. And so from your vantage point as a student, if you're in a program that kind of promotes and facilitates that, it's going to make a lot of opportunities more readily available to you. Another big consideration in picking a grad program is obviously proximity from home, as you mentioned, Hood. And so Bree, being that you're from North Carolina originally and you're a UNC alumna, how did you feel confident about choosing to relocate and attend graduate school in an area that you might not, might not have been familiar with or was new to you? That's a great question. And one of the primary things that I considered when choosing a graduate program, I I'm very, very close with my family and family is a big deal for me. So when I was picking a graduate program, I was thinking to myself that I wouldn't prefer to go too far. But as you go through the interview process, you get a really good feel of what the programs are like in terms of academics, but also culture. So as I was interviewing at different programs, when I interviewed with Sloan, I was told about the Sloan family. And I wasn't entirely sure what that meant until after the interview concluded, I was sent an email with several different alumni I could connect with. And that was something that really set Sloan apart was their willingness to connect me with so many different people, whether it be current students, past students, and even current faculty were so very available to me. And that level of community and encouragement and warmth at the very, very beginning of the whole process already made me feel welcome and encouraged and like, just like it would be a really 
awesome environment for me to be in. And so that already right off the bat gave me a high level of comfort. When it came down to it, the two programs I were considering, one was in North Carolina at UNC, my alma mater, and then the other one being Cornell. And the Sloan family was one of the key parts to set Cornell apart and pushed it forward for me. So I would, I knew, even though I'd be far from home, that I would be comfortable and I would find people that I really, really mesh with. And I'm happy to say that that's the case. I've met the most amazing people I've ever met here at Sloan. And I'm glad that I got that feeling right off the bat because I do think this was the best fit for me regardless of the location from home. Bree, from your answer, one of my strongest takeaways is that when you're applying to graduate school, you don't necessarily just pick the program. You also pick the people in the program. And a lot of times that's the most important thing. And from your standpoint, what really gave you the confidence to relocate from the Charlotte area up to Ithaca, New York. And you had mentioned through your interactions early on with people in Sloan, you had met a lot of amazing people and through having the chance to get to know you over the past year. So I would say the feeling is very much mutual and it's great to see that you taking a risk in terms of picking a new location for graduate school has paid off and turned out so well for you. Next, we want to pivot a little bit and talk more about balancing academics and grad school. So Cedric and Rita, starting with you because the two of you are obviously very involved with extracurriculars and career recruiting and academics as well. So the first semester does move very quickly in terms of balancing those three things. And so what are some strategies that you have all used to effectively manage your time as first year students? Yeah, I can start off Jefferson. Uh, like you mentioned, things get pretty hectic pretty quickly in your first year of your MHA. And so the two main tools that I've used to help me uh, stay organized is a to-do list and a calendar. I actually took a lot of inspiration from this book I read called Checklist Manifesto, where the author Atul Gawande, who is actually really well known in the healthcare space, wrote an entire book on how to use checklists and why. So every day I make a checklist of the things that I need to do, and then I prioritize them on that list. Uh, and then from there, I incorporate my checklist into my calendar so I can create some time blocks on uh, when I should do things. And um, one of the most important things is to make time uh, to eat. <laughs> I, some, I usually forget that. So that is in my calendar um, every day. Um, but uh, actually a, a tip I wanna share though is that I actually have a separate email for my calendar where, cause I know some of us have emails from work. Some of us have emails definitely from Cornell or a personal email. And so whenever I get meeting requests from different emails, I actually forward it to my calendar email, um, which is a very specific email with the word calendar and my name. <laughs> and um, so that way I only have one centralized calendar where I can keep track of all the events that are going on and where I need to be at what times. Um, and so that those are the main tools that I use. Yeah, hopping off of what Cedric mentioned, a calendar. Google Calendar became my best friend. Um, I'm definitely a color coder. So putting every aspect of my life into Google Calendar really helped me stay on top of everything. Uh, something that was also really helpful um, was thinking about what's important and what's really gonna matter to me when I look back on my MHA experience. And in undergrad, for those who are coming straight from school, I think it's easy to fall into that pattern of prioritizing your schoolwork over absolutely everything. And while your education and your MHA program is still incredibly important, I think an MHA is also about the networking and the connections and the socialization and learning from your peers. So I had to make a conscious effort to 
not stress over getting the absolute perfect grade or stressing too much over schoolwork and still block off time to get to know um, my peers, uh, the faculty in the program, things like that. So learning to make time for different aspects of my education was definitely important. One common theme I took from both, both you had mentioned, I think a lot of incoming MHA students can apply is time management at face value is not necessarily enough. You have to be as detailed as possible in terms of planning your schedule and it will kind of pay dividends in the line when you're in a time crunch. And then Rhea, I think the point that you made to end your answer was very strong in that grad school is not necessarily about the grades you make as much as it is the hands you shake. And it's kind of like we talked about earlier, health administration is very much relationship driven. And the more time you invest from your schedule into developing relationships, you can really pay dividends down the line when you're looking for your first, second, and third career opportunity out of grad school. In keeping with the theme of an academic journey, and I want to pass this question to Bree and Mara, we're all grad students that are pushing towards a career in healthcare. And with that in mind, how have you been able to kind of leverage your in-class experiences to develop in areas that will be useful in the job search, such as leadership and technical skills? I can go ahead and start. So like I mentioned, I did my undergraduate degree in biology. And so now I've made a move into more of a business degree. And so coming in, I knew I was going to be taking a lot of classes in topics that I wasn't familiar with. So in the very first semester, I took things like HR, I took things like um, healthcare organizations. And in my biology background, I've learned how to critical think as it pertains to sciences, but not necessarily how it pertains to business. So in these classes, we're faced with real life scenarios, especially in our HR class, we're presented with different cases, um, whether it be in the textbook or the experiences of our professor, and we as a class get to work together and figure out solutions. So it's not as if it's handed to us, we have to work through it. And that's, that is going to mirror what we'll be, we'll be doing in not even just future jobs, but very soon in our internships, being handed something that we may not have seen before and needing to know how to work through it and figure it out on the job. Furthermore, some people like to say as a joke, this is a group degree, but in, across all of our classes, you get the chances to work with people, whether it be assigned or your friends, people you sit near in class, there's just so many opportunities for collaboration and professors encourage it. So as we go into the workforce, we'll be having to work across various diverse groups of teams on various different subjects and projects and being able to build that skill of working with different people here at this level in our master's program will only further our skills in that area and help us to succeed in the future. I would echo a lot of what Bree has to say. I also start, well, I started undergraduate as um, a biology major, did not finish as that, um, but I started there. And I think, you know, throughout your undergraduate experience, throughout going to the hospital, throughout just like living your life, you pick up all of these things that you don't necessarily know that you're picking up. For example, like leadership skills, whether in your club, if you have to run a meeting, you know, you go to the doctor, you notice that there's a secretary. And then like a couple of years later, you notice that the secretary is not there anymore. So as you live your life, you learn and you pick up all these things. And I think the best part about this degree is that it's helping us apply all of our skills and our knowledge to the healthcare field specifically. Like the business of healthcare is not necessarily something that's talked about all the time, or if it is, it's talked about in a negative light. But 
in in reality, you know, you have to be able to keep the doors open. We have to be able to keep the cash flow going so that we can see as many patients as possible. So I think the competitive advantage of a degree like an MHA is it's capitalizing on all of your skills that you have already. And it's enabling you to be able to apply them to kind of a very niche career. Um, and I know like from my own personal example, when I started this program, I didn't really know what the difference between Medicare and Medicaid was. I knew that my grandparents had one of the two, but I, I didn't I didn't know which one and I, I didn't know how it worked. And But now, you know, through going to case competitions and conferences and in our classes, I now know the difference between both of them. And I know the different sub plans and I know how they're all funded. And it's just like, it's, it's just taking everything that you've already learned and known and taking it one step further and helping you apply it to this field specifically. You both really made a strong point on kind of the aspect of teamwork. And even though as a student or in early careers, you are an individual, the skills you developed are just as much a product of your own efforts as they are the people around you. And that's something that really resonated with me. And then also how you kind of have to take autonomy and ownership over the skills that you want to develop in order to maximize your time as a grad student you have to really be intentional about this is what I want to learn this is the best opportunity for me to learn in a practical setting and carry out your curriculum as such this has been a great discussion thus far but I wanted to transition to talk a little bit about you all's careers and finding what sector of healthcare you want to go into as you all know, healthcare is a large field with many different sectors. I know Rhea and Cedric that you all chose to go into healthcare consulting. So I wanted to ask for our listeners, if you could maybe walk us through the process of deciding on consulting for your internship and how you best prepare for that process. Yeah, thanks Juan. So in terms of why I chose healthcare consulting, it really was um, because I wanted to do more of the things in healthcare that I enjoyed. So um, in my undergrad, I had quite a few health, healthcare experiences, luckily. Um, one at orthopedic hospital with an insurance company, um, and then I had a few health systems around the nation. And so what I really learned from those experiences is what I wanted to do for the future. Um, and also what I didn't like about working for insurance or health systems or, um, or what aspects of healthcare I didn't want to do right away. Um, and so what I got out of the experiences is that I really have a passion for problem solving and I really enjoy fast paced work. And so what that translated to is going into healthcare consulting, which um, as many people, um, if, if you're familiar with healthcare consulting, it's usually a more fast paced environment where you're put on different projects with different clients and organizations. And I'm really looking forward to that experience this summer at Deloitte. Uh, in terms of how did I prepare for the interview process and the application process, um, it, I didn't do it alone, honestly. And I think that's going to be my tip for anybody who's going into healthcare consulting is to find mentors. Um, I was very lucky to have a second year mentor, Krishna Kandala uh, at Sloan, who was very helpful in uh, helping me get through the application process because he did the same thing when he was a first year. Um, he also helped me through the interview process, which is very different from um, normal interview processes because through, for healthcare consulting, you have to do a case interview where they give you a problem and a limited amount of facts and a limited amount of time to solve it. Um, and so if, if I were to tell anybody uh, one thing, it would definitely find a mentor because um, 
it's you, you won't be able to do it by yourself and it's definitely helpful and Sloan definitely has a lot of resources and alumni that have done the same thing that were also able to help me um, and give me 30 minutes of their time to run through a case or to help um, me prepare for interviews so it, Sloan definitely helped prepare me for the interview and application process as well. Cedric, um, so I did choose to go into consulting for the summer internship, and I did so because I was looking to get a really diverse range of learning experiences that, again, as Cedric said, I knew was going to be fast paced. I realized I really enjoy that type of work. Um, again, looking to the intersectionality of healthcare, I thought it would be a great space to kind of explore that a little more. Um, it was a difficult decision for me because I was recruiting for both hospital, hospital administration and consulting roles. So it really came down to what I wanted to explore during my last summer before full-time work and the clarity about my future career that I needed coming out of next summer. Um, so I'm very excited. In terms of the interview process, I will have to echo what um, Cedric said about Krishna as well. Um, I really relied on the second year Sloanies to practice casing. Um, this fall was the first time I had ever done a case out loud with another person, but it proved to be so helpful to just talk through reasoning, um, especially with the more behavioral aspects. I think people may not focus on that as much, especially when you have something as daunting and new as a, as a case interview, but it is so important to reflect on you know, why I wanted to go into healthcare consulting, why consulting in particular, why the firm, and be able to say that to someone and convey that to someone else. So I was so grateful to Sloan alumni and second years to help prepare for the interview. Um, in addition, reaching out to alumni of the firm, people who are working there, um, just really relying on the network of resources around me, it was so incredibly helpful. Definitely a stressful uh, part of the fall semester, but um, having that guidance and that support made it so much better. I think a point that you both spoke to um, is that your ability to kind of leverage your previous experiences and allow that to help shape your perspective of what you want to do and what you didn't want to do in healthcare. So I really do appreciate that. I think for a lot of our listeners who are still trying to figure out what they want to do, I think, you know, again, getting that experience just in general will kind of better help shape what you want to do in the future. Also, I really, really liked you all's emphasis on finding a mentor especially, you know, for example, a second year or someone in the program that can kind of help guide you through the process of consulting, because uh, as you all know, the application process is like a little bit different. So tapping into and leveraging your network is, is very important. Um, so uh, you all did consulting. And so I also know that Hood, Mara and Bria all chose to actually intern at hospital or health systems this summer. So what are two to three things that you all consider when looking for internships? We'll start with you, Hut, then we'll go Mara and then Bria. Sounds good. And it really goes um, what you were saying, Juan, and, and what Ray and Cedric are saying in terms of just the background experience I had working in a clinic uh, with patient care. Um, when I was in the Navy, I worked a lot in outpatient clinics. Uh, we call it a battalion aid station. And so it's a very small run clinic. Um, and so coming from that sort of aspect and serving and treating patients and then coming to a hospital that I was working at before this in Buford, South Carolina. I wanted to get that aspect of working for a large health system and see what that's like compared to the um, sort of outpatient clinics that I'm used to. Um, and so that was a huge draw um, when I started applying for places um, 
like Cleveland Clinic and wanted to see what that's all about, what that's going to be like. Uh, and wanted to see firsthand how a very high level health system is run. Um, so that was something that really drew me to that. Um, and then one of the other aspects that led me specific to, specifically to Cleveland Clinic um, was really just the, <laughs> my advisor, Kathy, uh, she was telling me um, I should consider looking at Cleveland Clinic mainly because of the military background that they had in terms of uh, a couple of the founders from all the way back in World War One. And so when I looked at that, um, I was really swayed and I, I always appreciate the, um, really that relationship and that support uh, for veterans and active duty service members. And I've seen from the last couple of years of uh, service members um, at Cleveland Clinic. And to me, that was a couple of the draws I had for that organization specifically. And I'm really excited for the summer experience um, in training at the surgical operations team. Thanks. Uh, that was that was really good. Um, I think that, you know, as you can kind of see throughout this podcast, whether or not we want to go into consulting or hospital operations or healthcare tech or, you know, any of the different um, disruptors, I think that we all have very um, different reasons for picking the organization that we want to pick. Um, I think my my two most important um, were access to upper level leadership and the culture of the organization. I know that um, you know, Sloan is an incredibly competitive program. And uh, because of that, we are pretty heavily recruited. I think we have the luxury of going to different internships and having kind of a leg up in the application process because of our education. And that's something that not all students enjoy. Um, and so because of that, you know, we really have um, a great privilege of getting to pick from places like the Cleveland Clinic, like Deloitte. Um, like McKinsey. And one of the things that I was looking at in this internship process is something that would set, you know, a lot of these internships apart is how, how close can I get to the top? You know, I want to see, um, I want to see what happens. I want to learn from the person who's kind of steering the ship. And so for me, looking at these, um, these different internships, my preceptor is the CEO and you don't get that um, in a lot of organizations, some of which is because like, the Cleveland Clinic is so big, nobody, you know, it's, it would be so much harder to do that. So, you know, the size of the organization wasn't as important to me as it was to HUT, but the ability to learn from someone who has um, a unique oversight over the organization was very important to me, um, as was the culture. I, um, Centura is a faith-based health system. I'm Catholic. Um, it, I wasn't looking for a Catholic health system specifically, but I was looking for one where I could be comfortable being religious in a healthcare environment. And some of the way in which I look at um, certain issues, uh, quality of life, value of all life, it's, it's very much influenced by my religion. And I think that, you know, coming to Cornell and finding people who were not necessarily religious, but respected me as a religious person really showed me that like, I can be comfortable in my own skin anywhere. But that being said, I wanted to see and learn from an organization that sort of had very similar morals to me and how that um, influenced day-to-day -day operations. Um, it's always a bonus, you know, when your own personal motivations and your own personal why of what you're doing this is kind of knitted into the culture of the organization and their values as well. And I really do think that I found um, an exceptional fit, as did all of my peers. Um, I'm really very proud of us when we look at the list of where we're all going. But 
I think that um, the culture and access to upper level leadership were definitely the two most important to me. And for me, when heading into hospitals, I wanted to be at hospitals because I know hospitals to be a pillars of their communities. In undergrad, I did a lot of work in nonprofit management. And so the place that I volunteered with did a lot of work with people that had healthcare needs, which meant that I helped them get access to things like retroactive medical debt forgiveness um, and things of that nature. So when I came to Sloan, I knew that I wanted to go into hospitals because I can see the work that hospitals do in their own communities and Cleveland Clinic being an example of that, how they donate to scholarships at local um, universities, how they help local schools as well by having like clinics and health drives and things of that nature. So being in a hospital gives you an opportunity to be very deeply and intimately ingrained wherever you are. So this summer, I look forward to getting to know Cleveland. If I end up in Charlotte, I'll get to further immerse myself in that community since that's where I'm from and just wherever I will be able to go hospitals have a hand and a lot of what goes on in the community because there's so many different aspects of one's social uh economic race identity that influences their health outcomes so being in a hospital gives me a chance to explore all of those different uh facets of one's social identity to further explore the intersectionality of healthcare and how to best care for the entire patient, not just when they come into the exam room. So when I came to Sloan, really all that I knew about was hospitals. And as I learned more about consulting, maybe working for a payer, working in like health advocacy or policy, things of that nature, I was grateful to to be able to learn that. But the more that I learned about hospitals, the more that I learned that that is really what's for me. And specifically with Cleveland Clinic, why I was so attracted to them is because of their community involvement and also because of the diversity of their workforce. As a Black woman, I like to look at organizations that can reflect my own personal experiences as I pertain to race, even socioeconomic status, things of that nature, knowing that I'll be in an environment that will encourage me to succeed in every way that I identify. And I felt that Cleveland Clinic really resembled that. And I was lucky enough that Cleveland Clinic was one of the earlier applications. So that was one of the first hospitals I applied to. And because it was the first one that I heard back from, it was the one that I took, but it still really aligns with my own values and what I hope to get out of my future career as well. Wow, you all actually have really amazing responses. Um, to start, I really like Hutt's point in talking about the difference in healthcare delivery settings. Outpatient is very different than inpatient. Community hospitals are very different than academic medical centers. So understanding the nuances between different healthcare structures can really shape your perspective of healthcare. Um, to touch on Mara's point, access to leadership is something that isn't really talked about as much, especially from a graduate student perspective. I personally think that who you report to is almost just as important as what you do because of the level of exposure is so much greater from an executive level. Also, I really enjoyed your emphasis on finding a culture that not only fits for you, but you can also see yourself fitting into that hospital or system. And I think that's very important to note as well. I mean, Bree, your experience of actually being on the communal level and how that really shaped your choice of being in the hospital. I think hospitals serve as cornerstones in our community. So I like how you, that was really, um, you know, heavy decision or like very involved in your decision process for choosing your uh, Cleveland Clinic. In addition, also your point, which is similar to more and making sure that that culture really, really fits you, for you and resonates with you. Um, so to transition a little bit, I want to get into networking. Mara and Cedric, uh, you all were elected by your class to be the colloquium chairperson and the vice president for briefings next, next year due to both of you all's great networking skills. What tips can you all give listeners that want to better develop their, all right, sorry, I'm, I'm fumbling. 
Mar and Cedric, you all were both elected by your class to be the colloquium chairperson and the vice president of corporate briefings due to you all's great ability and your networking skills. What tips do you all give our listeners who want to better develop their networking skills? Sure, I can take that one first. Um, you know, one of the added benefits of Sloan, as Bree and others have spoken to, is really the Sloan family. And so I feel like I have been the beneficiary of some great networking advice, and I'm very excited to kind of pass some of that on. Um, my first advice would be to not avoid your, like, quote-unquote, common humanity. I know that sounds a little bit silly, but network isn't always about being the most professional version of yourself all the time. Obviously, there's a place for the most polished version um, of you while being authentic to who you are, obviously. Um, and then there's the place for like the every day I'm going to kick back and like bond with this person over our favorite television shows. Um, I really think that the more that you can relate to somebody and be like almost friends with them when, you know, when the going gets tough, when you really need hard advice, that that comfort level is increased. So you get a more honest answer, you get a more direct answer and you know they, they'll they give you the benefit of the doubt. You have that underlying trust and that's not always built in strictly professional settings. Like for example, I have a, a mentor who's a couple years old, um, graduated a couple years prior and um, she she's, her career has accelerated so quickly. And you know, as somebody who last semester, very first time in very first semester of graduate school, I was a little scared. Um, and, but, you know, I, I was explaining to her this moment where I was, um, I was at a conference and all of a sudden people were asking me questions. Like I was expected to know the answer to these problems of healthcare. And I was like, I just, I, I really felt like an adult, you know, I just graduated college and I just, I had all of these like fun times and, you know, you come into graduate school and they're asking me and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I am like, I'm not treated like a little kid anymore by society. And I just had this moment and, and then as it's coming out of my mouth, I was like, oh, geez, like, you know, she's so professional. She's her career is just so where I want mine to go. And, you know, and then she she started laughing and she had the exact same moment four years before. And we're we're bonded a little bit more now because of that shared experience. And it's not that's not necessarily something that I would say at a C-suite meeting all the time. You know, so I think that. Um, knowing when to kind of like laugh a little bit and knowing when to be like direct and very professional and polished um, is very important. And I also think, um, you know, take a deep breath because all of us, you know, you know how to socialize already. You've got friends, you know, you've had like, we all went through high school and like all of the ups and downs. And so we have, we've learned all of these social skills and this is not the moment to forget them, you know, just be yourself and kind of kind of go with that um and then my last piece of advice that which should come from my mentor um if networking is difficult for you if this is something that's incredibly intimidating I would set small goals and take baby steps and be proud of those victories so if you're you know at a conference or whatever and your goal is to just get one or two business cards great work on those one to two business cards boost your confidence and then the next time increase those goals whether it's three or four business cards, reaching out to one more person per week on LinkedIn, you know, it's, um, it's the baby steps and not, not being afraid to let your confidence build and really so that you can be very comfortable um, when you go and you have these meetings with our peers. Yes, so many great points, Maura. And like Maura, 
uh, I've received a lot of great advice from mentors as well. And so the three that I'd love to share with the audience today is to be bold, to be strategic, and to level up. And so I'll explain each one. So the be bold part is a lot of the times when networking, networking is a big deal, right? Um, there's a lot of fear involved, nervousness, where you don't know how to approach somebody. It's a little awkward. You might compare it to dating, but honestly, be bold. Like, for example, um, when there's a guest speaker and they share their email or phone number with you, you um, uh, with the audience, uh, I think maybe one or two people might actually use that email and send them a message. Um, for me, after pretty much every guest speaker that we've had at Sloan, um, I've and they've shared their number or I found them on LinkedIn. I sent them notes like, hey, thank you so much for coming to speak to our class. I really like this point that you made. Um, I might be interested if you're interested in um, allowing me to have 30 minutes chat again. And then 99% of the time they'll say yes. And so that's the part of being bold. Um, and, and the second part is being strategic, right? So if, if you do happen to get a chance to have 30 minutes, 15 minutes to chat with somebody, um, one thing that I do, and this is a little bit, I, I, this is a little um, going crazy sometimes, but I look through their LinkedIn um, network or their connections, and I find someone else that I want to talk to. And so at the end of the conversation, and I'm like, hey, do you happen to know Adam from this company? I'm wondering if they, I, I've always wanted to talk to him. I'm wondering if you might be able to connect with me. And so a lot of the times they do know if they're in the network, they're like, oh yeah, we're really good friends. Let me send you guys an introductory email. And then from there, like I've done that with Jefferson actually. Jefferson has a mentor from ACHE um, that he speaks to very um, often. And he is uh, working with Blue Cross Blue Shield. And I wanted to learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield and insurance. And so I said, hey, Jefferson, <laughs> can you connect me? Uh, and then the third part is to level up, right? So a lot of the time, more, more mentioned something um, important it's like oh once people started asking you questions you started feeling like an adult because a lot of the times you feel like you don't really know anything and I honestly I feel like that all the time and so that's that's like the, where this mindset of leveling up comes from where when you talk to somebody you learn something new each time and so after one conversation you're, you're learning about insurance and then maybe you learn another thing about insurance in your second conversation with someone else and then a hundred conversations later you might almost be an expert and you can start answering those questions. And so through these conversations, if you're bold enough to ask people to talk and you're strategic enough to know what you wanna learn and who you wanna to talk to, you can begin to level up, right? And, and that's what I do when I network. And so those are the three tips that I, I, I wanted to share. Wow, those were great. Um, definitely at Tamora's point of being professional, but still allowing your personality to show. I think, again, that's very important because after all, every healthcare leader is still a person. So trying to relate to them as a person, it's just a good way to interact and also a great way to create rapport. And also Cedric, to your point, I love the point of being bold. I think personally, I've had great and unique experiences, whether that's in healthcare, leadership, or just in life, because I was bold and I took the chance of asking. Most times, you know, if you ask, the more likely will say yes. Um, in addition to that, your last point of developing a strategy, that is very, very key, not only for how you want to network, but also what you want from it. And I think that's, again, to really, really change the game. So I want to say thank you to all of our panelists for joining us today. Again, I think it was a great discussion, and I think it's really, really important for our listeners to hear from the perspective of current students and your decision process on how you all maneuver through healthcare. As always, thank you to all of our listeners as well. If you all enjoyed the podcast, 
Please subscribe and thanks for tuning in.